Divine Truth Events Events and Presentations by Jesus and Mary This presentation is part of the general discussion series where Jesus answers questions from people in Coco. Recorded on the 15th of September 2007 in Coco, Florida, USA. This is session 2, part 1. <laughs> and then that made me like everything else. <laughs> and I thought what we'd do this morning is just revise some things that we went through last night, just, uh, just as a brief revision. And that may also help you remember some of the questions that you've had from last night. And then what we'll do is uh, we'll go forward on the discussion about emotions that I promised last night. So we'll do that. So remember last night we started talking about God being outside of outside of yourself and outside of the universe, in fact. And God having masculine and feminine qualities. But there were two other qualities that God has. What were those? Truth. Truth. So I call them divine, so divine love and divine truth. Is divine truth black and white? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> God's truth is certainly absolute. So what? No, God's love is absolute. Truth isn't absolute. No. That's how, that's how cultists start. By, by saying truth is absolute and I've got it and you don't. Divides people instead of uniting people. Love unites people. Well, I'm going to present that truth is absolute. Okay. Yeah, I was here last night. So. Thank you. And any truth I have is relative. So any person on earth who says that their truth is absolute is obviously in error. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, but God does have the absolute truth. I, I agree with that. Okay. So we, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. <laughs> and my truth is exactly. my truth is relevant. So at any time, I can progress in truth towards the absolute truth. So there will be people on earth and also in the spirit world who have more truth, in the sense of more of God's truth, than other people do. And that's a natural occurrence when you think about it. Just like in the, in the uh, field of physics, for example, there are some physics, that there are some of the uh, different people involved in that kind of uh, area of science that obviously have more truth than other areas. It just depends, doesn't it, on what they have experienced in many cases. So, God has absolute truth, and God has her love, her divine love. Remember yesterday we went through the incarnation process where God created children? Yeah. And the children incarnated by doing what? by the Bible into two different forms. Remember there were two bodies attached at the incarnation process? Spirit and material bodies. Spirit body and material body. And here 
everybody. See everybody. But the real you is your soul, or in fact, you are one half of a soul. And the other half of your soul is out there somewhere. Or might be irritating me or something. <laughs> what is the rhyme and reason behind this split and the soul? And the aspect of sexuality or gender is a very, very important aspect in all of God's creations. And it's very, very important for all men to finish up coming to understand women. And it's very important for all women to finish up coming to understand men. You see? And often, as we know on earth today, there is a large problem between men and women generally. There's a sort of like almost a gender battle. Uh, uh, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus kind of sort of thinking, right? Sorry? It is, it is in a way, right? What eventually needs to happen, and the beauty of what our father has done, is that he's created this system in which we can actually learn as much about ourselves as possible but also learn as much about the other as possible, so much so that eventually the two halves combine again. And so it's actually a, a perfect way to address all of the issues of gender imbalance. Does that make sense? So that's one of the reasons for it. Another is that once that soul is completely united, it is complete in itself. It doesn't need anything else. So it doesn't need a mother, it doesn't need a father, aside from God. It doesn't need a, you know, a, a mother who was on earth, or a father on earth, or a sister or a brother. It doesn't need any of those things. It, it can survive in a perfectly blissful state without needing other transactions if it doesn't want them. So every transaction then becomes a transaction motivated by the gift of love rather than a need that we're projecting onto somebody else. Yeah. And so this, this actually addresses many, many things when you think about it as to what the problems are when we go down this track of separation between the male and female. When you think about it in your own life, how many of your deep emotional issues have been related to the opposite sex? There's usually quite a lot, right? Alright, homosexuality within the LDL split the female female. Well, this is if you if you talk to homosexuals and uh, spend time with them, you will see that they have a far more uh, balance usually between the masculine and the feminine. Well, and the same goes with the lesbian couples. They generally have a far better balance between the masculine and feminine, particularly if they haven't been injured. Um, and and so that's why a lot of women find spending time with a homosexual man easier than they do spending time with a man who's not gay. Does that make sense? Yes. Because, because, they, because a lot of times they have a much closer feeling within themselves of, the, of, the, of an evenness within, within that part of it, within the soul. So, and and, that, and it's for that reason, like the Apostle John's soul, for example, is a gay soul. So his, his partner when on earth was a man as well as him being a man. And, and as, as that occurs, what, one of the things that you'll notice, uh, and in time, many of you may meet John, even though he has passed, uh, he will materialise in a form and you'll meet him. You will see how evenly 
balanced. A lot of the masculine and feminine qualities are within him as a person, but particularly within his soulmate couple as well. And you will see just how, why a lot of times, gay couples, both, um, both men gay couples and women gay couples, usually, usually have an easier time working through gender imbalances. So, um, so in a lot of ways, they find it a bit easier than to actually accept each other than, than, than couples who are so-called straight, right? Who uh, often have a, a lot of uh, gender imbalance issues due to, usually, their parents and what's going on between their parents. And also culturally. You think of some cultures like uh, the Vietnamese culture, for example. If you're a woman in the Vietnamese culture, you, there's no law preventing you from being murdered from your husband, for example. Right now, in the Vietnamese culture, you can actually be murdered and nobody will take any action if you were murdered by your husband. Now, why is that? Well, obviously, there's a huge feeling by the men in that culture that women are subclass. Does that make sense? You see this in many other cultures around the world at the moment too, don't you? Where the women are a lot treated like they are subclass, like the men are dominant and the women are treated like they are less. Do we have a choice as to which sex we are going to be and where we're going to live? Like for instance, who would sign up to be that woman who could be murdered? Is that by choice or how does that work? Um, we don't have a choice about what sex we are going to be because the heart of the soul always splits in the same way. Does that make sense? So the masculine, in the, in the case of a male-female soul, the, the, the heart of the soul that's masculine will always split into a masculine form, so into a male body. And the heart of the soul that's female will always split into a female form. Now the reason why there's a lot of disagreement with that today is that there's a lot of uh, mediumistic type people who are receiving images from spirits that play through play through issues of, of being a man. For example, um, you may be a female and very mediumistic and be receiving images and thoughts and feelings that seem to be a masculine experience. And what that actually is, is a male spirit attached to you who wants to give you certain feelings and thoughts and, and so forth. Uh, and once you start talking to that spirit as if they are a spirit, Rather than thinking it is a, your previous life, you will find you'll be able to deal with the issues a lot better. Rather than so, any any time you receive impressions, particularly opposite sex impressions, they are certainly spirits who are giving you those impressions, and you need to enter a discussion with them about that. And you need they're there for a reason. They're there because of the law of attraction between yourself and them in terms of the emotions. Does that make sense? Yes. The other half of the question is, how did I look out to be a white woman in the United States yep. instead of being a sub-level Vietnamese woman? A lot of the processes uh, that God made are mathematical in nature. And so a lot of the, the instinctual process of the incarnation is actually a mathematical process as well. And so um, it, it, there are mathematical laws. Uh, you've all heard of chaos theory and those kinds of theories. They are actually mathematical principles that apply even in the process of incarnation. So um, a lot of the things God has made are actually mathematical processes rather than 
you choosing to come here and somebody else choosing to go there. Because as you say, nobody would choose to die by the age of their, by the age of five, generally, would they? Like, you know, and, and yet 50 million children every year die by the age of five through malnutrition. Right? Nobody would choose to, as a woman, would choose to go to a country where women are treated as second class, but there are like literally hundreds of millions of women currently, right now, being treated that way. So obviously, it, there's other processes involved in the incarnation process besides choice. And everyone wants to, I find it interesting because most people in the Western world and also in many Eastern philosophies want there to be choice. And that way they can justify sometimes the treatment, the bad treatment of others. Uh, to give you an example, in India, for example, many of you would have heard of the caste system in India. And the reason why the untouchables are treated like they are is because most people around them feel that in a previous life they made bad choices. And it's the law of karma that created them being un an untouchable now. And that justifies me not being an untouchable, treating an untouchable in a poor, as if they are like lesser than myself. Does that make sense? So a lot of the theories surrounding reincarnation are actually justifications for a lack of love. So you need to look at those theories very much. Every time you see something that's a lack of love is involved, then you've got to be very, very careful about accepting those theories because they're probably wrong. Now that seems a little unlikely. So my understanding is right. Are you saying God chose that person to have that unfair love that we call it? No, I'm saying um, the actual. The parents' longing, remember last night we talked about the parents' longings and how the parents need a child of a certain personality to trigger their emotions? It's actually the parents' longings that create the law of attraction in those, in those situations, yeah. not the child's. So the child has a certain personality, remember that's instinctual. They have certain instinct to incarnate and that is a mathematical process of incarnation, but it's very much guided by the soul longing of the parents. So it's the parents' longings that create that. Yeah. The last couple of years, I'm hearing that we have up to six, we're in six places at the same time, carrying on with different lives, <laughs> yep. different experiences. Okay. That's, that's so? Uh, I don't, no, I don't agree with that. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll just, remember, there's three parts of you. So you are, right now, you are here experiencing what you're experiencing and your soul is funneling in sensual input through into the soul from your material body, right? Right at the same time though, you are also here in a spirit form and your spirit senses are funneling in senses from spirits into your soul right now, even though you may not be aware of it. So right now around us is a group of spirits, for example. Right? And each one of those spirits can also enter transactions with you, emotional and intellectual thought-based transactions, and those will be funneled into your soul. When you pass into the spirit world, you will know the ones where you've been communicating with. It's sort of like, on here on earth, a lot of times you're not aware of what you're not aware of. Does that make sense? You don't know what you don't know. You only know what you do know. And even then, if you know it here, it's still really not real. It's only real when it hits your heart, right? It's only real when it's an emotion. 
And the problem is, is that many times we can't determine the difference between what's going on. So for a lot of people, they can't determine the difference between when they've received the thought from a spirit and when they've actually had their own thought. Does that make sense? And because they can't determine the difference, they often think something that is often not their thought. It's actually a thought prompted due to the law of attraction, due to you having a similar feeling with inside of that spirit, and the thought is easily then dropped into your mind. Does that make sense? If everything is based on the law of attraction at the soul level. Everything is based on that. Everything is based around your feelings at the soul level. Does that make sense? So your feelings create attractions right the way around you. And as those attractions are created, things can happen to you that you think are indeterminate events or events that you didn't attract. But in reality, your soul condition attracted them. So it seems to me like unless we become aware of this divine power, we're pretty helpless walking around just getting whatever somebody else might want us to get, like a spirit or whatever. Yeah, I sort of don't see it as if we're ever helpless. Uh, because in the end, what we get, what we want in our soul is what we get. So if you want to not know anything, then that's what you get. So that's conscious thinking? Well, a lot of times, yes it is, when you think about it. A lot of times, we reject thoughts. Just at the drop of a hat, don't you? Like, a thought is presented to us, we say, oh, that's an idiotic thought. You know, who, you know, we see something projected to us even in the material, where somebody comes to us and says, oh, this is something that I've investigated, I've found it to be true. I remember uh, about 10 years ago, I was sitting in a class, and roles working through emotions and uh, someone said to me that uh, um, that every single physical ailment that I've ever had was due to an emotion and I told him it's an idiot <laughs> right now when I say I told him that's what I felt you know I felt what an idiotic thing to say you know what about my asthma and what about my you know all of these other ailments that I was having at the time and and I didn't believe it to be true. I didn't even want to accept the possibility. And this is why I said last night, I'd be open to all possibilities. Because if you're not, you reject, you, you sometimes reject truth out of hand. Now, that particular truth, that all ailments are caused by emotion, I now believe with my whole heart. Uh, me going through the emotions <laughs> and releasing the emotions that caused me to block that thought. And once I did that, I released the emotions that caused my asthma. I was getting sick every month, once a month for about a week. Well, all of that stopped. PMS. I don't have PMS. <laughs> but uh, I've seen that even stop completely. Uh, just even physical things within my own body have changed totally uh, as a result. So, How do we discover what is and the beauty of our father's system, God's system, is that the law of attraction will always tell you. So you are getting constant emotional triggers aimed at you every single day. Even really basic things like you're driving along in the car and somebody cuts you off. That's an emotional trigger created by your soul to trigger an emotion within you, right? to actually expose something within you. And instead of projecting all the anger onto the other person, saying it's always his fault, he cut me off, 
Let yourself feel that anger, for example, and find out what's underneath. How did it feel underneath? What's the feeling underneath? You'll find if you look honestly at every single moment of your day, you will see that you are being triggered constantly emotionally. Right? Before we go too far away from what you touched on, and you might She's had five relationships with five different men that she attracted. 
and that she attracted all these men, men with these different qualities which drove her nuts. And she starts taking responsibilities within herself, saying, I must have something within me that attracts that. That's when you can start to change. Because that's when you start to see the true power of your own soul. The problem is that oftentimes what we're doing is we're thinking up here and we're not feeling, right? So, so I might be thinking up here, I want to be loved, I want to be loved, right? I want to be loved. And yet, here, I'm unworthy to be loved, I'm unworthy to be loved, I'm unworthy to be loved, is going out to the universe. What kind of man am I going to attract? Not the one I'm thinking about. I'm going to attract the, the, un, the one that's going to treat me unworthily. Because that's what my soul condition is that needs to be exposed. Does that make sense? And this is something that's very important to understand about the law of attraction. Them, what they're... Yes, <laughs> you're, on, you're on the right track. Now. So let's say one of the, this man, this this man, as I mentioned at the start, is sending out. I hate women. I hate women. He has some major injuries with women in here. High likelihood that the child he has is going to be a girl, right? Because in here, the emotion that needs to be exposed is the I hate woman emotion, and so. You know, I've known men who wanted boys, boy child, and had four girls, uh, uh, because they believe, you know, boys are like, you know, they have this thing with boys, and a lot of, a lot of people around the world have that, and and they've attracted exactly the opposite of what they think they want, because at the soul level, what the soul needs is to be treated. Does that make sense? And like, you often see this with. Uh, People who often have gay children often have very major injuries towards gay, uh, gay, gay people, and often they have huge issues. Like I, if, um, I can, you know, I know of one man who, uh, one, one lady who had four children, three of them are gay men, and she hates gay men. He hates them because there's an injury there. But the actual soul attraction was to trigger that emotion. A lot of times that happens, right? A lot of times it happens in a way that our Father, God, is constantly trying to get you to open up emotionally. Constantly. In so many different ways, right? All the time. God is trying to do this to you, in a sense. He doesn't want to harm you. He's trying to get you to deal with the issue where you don't love. Does that make sense? And so everything around you, he's created every law around you, is actually about triggering you to love more. Does that make sense? It's really quite basic. All of the laws of the universe are quite basic because they all revolve around them. And the law of attraction is one of those laws. The law of cause and effect is another one of those laws. They're all laws that God created to actually trigger you. So. Your dealing with your stuff with your parents is going to help you and your parents. Does that make sense? Now, either your parents or you can choose to deal with it. Now, what a lot of people do with their parent emotions is they wait until their parents start dealing with it. But you know, there's a big problem with that. And that is, you could be waiting forever. And that means then that you don't progress because you're waiting for someone else who you feel should do it before you. 
See, the problem with a lot of our emotions is that somebody else does something to us. This is the way we see it. Somebody else does something to us that we believe harms us. So we get angry. And we stay angry and resentful. Then what happens is we stay in that mode until they apologise. Now the fact is, they've done something harmful towards us and unloving towards us, the likelihood of them apologising for it is pretty remote, actually. Right? Because they chose, they're in the poor soul condition enough to do it in the first place. Do you think they're going to think that they weren't justified? Right? So a lot of times what happens is we sit there waiting for our parents in particular, but also for others in our lives, to say they're sorry and to act sorry towards us. And in reality, what we're doing is just stagnating in our own life. The key with every emotion within is to look within first and allow the release, have the courage to go there, even though everyone around you may never want to go there. And that includes your relationship with your parents. But yes, they did attract you for the purpose of actually working through their emotional condition, just like they attracted everything else in their life for the purpose of working through their emotional condition. And you are attracting everything in your life for the purpose of working through your emotional condition. Right now, you are doing that. Unloving unloving self-relationships. We were talking about there. Each of us is a gift to each other. And how we use this relationship, it's presented up to us and we can either grow through the relationship and use those things Certainly. Remember, remember that the two halves, or the couple in this case, each one of them has their individual free will. Both of them can choose to take full responsibility for what's going on within themselves emotionally. Does that make sense? Now, sometimes that doesn't happen, and often it doesn't happen, unfortunately. And so what happens eventually is the one who's working through the progresses emotionally, the other one who's not isn't, and often the other one who's not starts projecting huge amounts of anger and everything at the one who is, and then the one who is has to make a choice, do I want to stay there, or do I want to leave? But that doesn't have to happen. What could happen is both of them start working through, and both start progressing, that could just as easily happen. It just depends on will. If you're in the relationship, you're supposed to be in it. Because <laughs> you attract it. Does that make sense? But does it serve you anymore? Well, when you say serve you anymore, once you get to a point where you've worked through the emotional issues, the relationship will automatically disband if it no longer serves you. Right? If, uh, if, if you don't work through your emotional issues, see what a lot of times happens is, like, this lady obviously left this man and went on to this man, right? but she attracted a similar man. Does that make sense? So she worked through one issue, the issue of being hit. She didn't want to be hit anymore, but she was still willing to put up with a man who yelled and screamed at her. Does that make sense? So she's now got to work through that emotion, working through. She now no longer puts up with a man yelling and screaming at her, so she goes to a man who's just angry. So he's still angry, but he just doesn't yell and scream at her. He might kick the dog instead or something, right? 
Then she starts getting working through that issue and she realises she doesn't want to be with an angry man and she might move on to the next one. Now she could have chosen to deal with all of those emotions in the first one or even deal with all of those emotions without even having a relationship. She could have chosen that, right? But she didn't. She's choosing that relationship after relationship after relationship to work through her issues. It's always a choice in the end. You can choose to be alone to work through all of your issues. I've been alone for four years and I've worked through lots and lots and lots of issues as a result. I think it's easier than that. Well, I find it very easy uh, now. <laughs> Mind you, the issues of loneliness and emptiness weren't that easy. Do you know what I mean? And a lot of times we seek a relationship because we feel lonely and we need to actually release that emotion. Release that emotion and we no longer feel like we need a relationship because we're alone. Does that make sense? So a lot of times we attract, that we attract these continual relationships because we're unwilling to deal with a certain type of emotion within us. And the key is to be honest with yourself. Let's just, I'll just say, say something else about this before I... I just want to talk about two principles of emotions. Resonance and projection. Resonance is when you have a feeling within you that resonates with what's happening in your surrounding environment. So for example, let's say a person comes up to you and yells and screams at you. And let's say the resonant emotion that you feel when you start vibrating, right? You start feeling upset, and then you start feeling frightened, right? And you're going down the fear track. So the resonance is there's a feeling within inside of you that is triggered by the feeling inside someone else. Does that make sense? Let's say one of your friends is crying, and you feel sad as a result of their crying then that's resonance. I must tell you, you are not feeling their feeling. You are feeling your own feeling, which is in resonance with their feeling. Does that make sense? Yes. You are not feeling their feeling, you are feeling your own. So when you feel a bit sad, when you watch a sad movie on telly, you are feeling your own sadness. When you feel sad in a relationship with someone else, you are feeling your own feeling. Right? That's called resonance. Follow me? Now, there's this thing called projection. Projection happens a number of different ways. And it only happens under this circumstance. I can choose to not feel. Most of us choose to not feel when we resonate with another person's emotions. The reason why is because we don't want to feel because the feelings are painful. Right? Now, when we choose to not feel, we will do one of three things, generally. We will withdraw. Now, you may not even withdraw uh, physically you may just withdraw emotionally. Does that make sense? So, in other words, you see this happen with a lot of men in relationships, right? The lady starts crying, it's PMT time, and there's a bit of tears flying, right? Because she's connecting with some emotions. 
and the guy starts getting just withdrawing from that, which is the opposite of what she feels she needs, right? Why does he withdraw? Because it's triggering sadness emotions in him that he does not want to feel. Does that make sense? So that's one way we do it. Another way is we get angry. Whenever we get angry, we are resonating with a feeling that we don't want to feel. You understand what I mean by that? You are, you, there's a feeling within you that it wants to come up and you are choosing to not have it come up. And when you do that, you will get angry. Right? Now, oftentimes it's that you're afraid or oftentimes you're afraid of going there. Oftentimes you're afraid of opening Pandora's box, right? And having all of this stuff flying out. What's it going to do to your life and all these kind of things? But in the end, you get angry because you want to suppress those emotions. The third thing we often do is inverted commas. Now, why I put them in quotes because it's not love. What we do is we act in a loving way towards the other person, what we believe is a loving way. So, for example, a friend of ours starts crying. And so we go up to him, oh, oh, don't cry, oh. Like that, right? Why do we do that? We're trying, no. No, we're not trying to come. We don't want the feelings to be in residence with us That's right, we want them to stop. So a lot of times our desire to comfort is really our desire to comfort ourselves, in a way. It's our desire to stop our own emotion. Does that make sense? You see this happening all the time. If you choose not to feel, you will project emotion onto another person. You will project a need or a desire or want for them to do something. Usually, you'll want them to shut down. Sometimes you want them to open up, but it's still a projection. In other words, let's say you're the wife and you're crying and you want your husband to be responsive. And when he doesn't be responsive to that, he withdraws, you get angry. Why are you getting angry? Because you wanted something from him that he's not prepared to give you. Does that make sense? And you're upset about that. It's your feelings, not his. Yours. Does that make sense? So. Every, if everything you focus in terms of your development, you focus on what's happening inside of you rather than outside of you. Resonance is about what's going on inside of you. Projection is what you do to make it external to you, to, to actually not take responsibility. Yeah? And what we're talking about is on the path of divine love, you are going to have to take complete emotional responsibility. Listen and encourage them to keep crying until it's finished. 
not steal can also lead to other forms of denial, like vices or yeah, these are, these are just a few that I've mentioned. There are so many. For instance, a person who chooses to not feel may actually finish up starting to take drugs or drink too much or all of those kind of things, right? In other words, they use an external form of trying to deny their feelings. There are also some three, three or four things that you do inside of yourself. You may minimise the experience. You say, oh yeah, my mum yelled and screamed at me, but... You know, I know that it's just her trouble. I know that it's really just her problem. And yet inside of yourself, it's like, ah, you feel like you want to just cry and, you know, and, and just feel terrible because she's just yelling and screaming at you. But you tell yourself that you're over that. Huh? Now, the fact is you, that you've attracted it means you're not over it. Right? When you're over it, you're no longer attracted. Does that make sense? So if mum, mum's occasionally getting into you, still berating you and treating you badly, and you're telling yourself you're over it, you're not over it. Because if you were over it, your soul wouldn't be attracting it anymore. Does that make sense? Uh, no, this lady up there. Uh, where does detachment fit in here, according to your opinion? Detachment is a choice to not feel. So you know how a lot of people um, say detachment is the road to spiritual growth, right? My feelings are totally the opposite of that. I feel that every, everything is about passion and desire. The thing is, the reason why a lot of people say detachment is the road to spiritual growth is because they have all this resonant emotion inside of themselves which they don't want to feel. And so what they do is they use meditation techniques to detach from their emotional state. Does that make sense? They use detachment to suppress. When when you get to a stage where you feel all of your emotions, you will be connected, not detached. When you think about it, the whole term at one with each other is about attachment to each other. It's about actually connecting with each other. Right? But when you no longer have a resonant emotion within yourself of sadness, somebody right next to you can be crying their eyes out and you will feel compassion for them, but you won't feel sad. Does that make sense? You don't need to detach because you are connected fully to their emotion, you're connected to them as a person, and you don't need to detach, because, but you don't feel the resonance of the emotion inside of yourself. The natural love part is all about detachment, in fact. It's about detaching from your emotional condition. It's about keeping, you know, slowly getting to the point where you no longer feel passions and desires and those kind of things, being detached from everybody. I don't know about you, but that's not what I want in my life. I want to be totally attached to everybody, totally feeling every, everything that's happening around me, but not in a state where I resonate with it all. Uh, it was my understanding that emotions are one thing and compassion is another. Compassion is from the higher self, and so you've risen above like the basic negative emotions, and compassion is feeling for the other person, but that's still um, part of detachment. Yes, I feel that the definitions of many of people on the natural love path are theirs to intellectually explain a lot of things that are much easily understood emotionally. So with regard to detachment and compassion, for example, how can you be detached and compassionate at the same time, really? Like, they don't really make, it doesn't make much sense emotionally if you feel that. 
Like, how do you feel compassionate for somebody but detached from them at the same time? Like, it's not really possible, is it? Well, really? yes. Because you're not connecting with your own emotions. And the compassion but is a higher to, level thing. It's a love. But you need to be always connected with your own emotions. If you want to be at one with yourself, you need mm -hmm. to be always connected with your own emotions. What I'm proposing is to be connected fully with your own emotions, not detached, but that you've released all of the emotions that cause any resonance. Does that make sense? So it's a bit, it's a totally different way of dealing with it. Like, you can, if, if you can detach from any resonance and try, remember yesterday, last night I said, you can try to do the right thing. And this is what happens a lot of times when we intellectually work through issues. We know that we should be compassionate. So we try to be compassionate. We call that our higher self. I don't believe there is any higher or lower self or anything like that. There's just self. Self is your soul. And your soul either has emotions within it that are of a nature that need to be released so that they're in disharmony with love. Or you have your soul has a lot of emotions within it that are in harmony with love. Now, compassion is an emotion in harmony with love. Sadness is emotion not in harmony with love. Right? Now, I can't, if I detach from my own sadness, that's not good either, right? Because I'm actually now detuning from myself, and I need to be 100% in tune with myself. What I need to do is connect with the sadness, release it, so that I no longer feel sad in any situation. That's what I need to do. When I do that, I will be 100% compassionate for other people's situations as well. But it won't be something I'll have to try to do. It'll just be automatic. It'll come from my soul automatically. It'll just motivate every action that I have. Does that make sense? So it's a bit different than trying to do something intellectually. It's about actually feeling everything you do. Like, there's a lot of people I know that, um, like, I've had people come up to me and give me a hug, and they're actually mad as mad with me. Uh, they're actually really, really angry at me, and yet they come up and give me a hug. And, and I say to them, I don't want you a hug right now, because actually you're angry at me. <laughs> Does that make sense? But they've told themselves that it's the loving thing to do, to give me a hug. Does that make sense? But it's not real, because inside of themselves is all this anger, and that's really what they need to connect with. I'd much rather them yelling and screaming at me, because that's how they really feel, than actually acting differently to how they feel. Does that make sense? Now, once they release those emotions, they won't have them anymore, and they'll be able to come up and give me a hug, and they'll feel like giving me a hug. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just wanted to add a little tip that I heard about when somebody's crying and I'm sad. You know, you're saying this isn't really saying, oh, I want to help you, this is saying, please stop. It's called the tissue issue. The same thing. Oh, when you're hurrying having somebody tissues, it's, it's asking them to stop and you're making them Very much so, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. We, we often minimize and justify and shift the blame in a choice to not feel. So in other words, my mum had an argument with me today, and in order for me to feel good, I say, oh, but that's just where she's coming from. I understand where she's coming from. She just hasn't dealt with that yet. Now, most of the time, that's a minimisation. 
of why did I attract my mum getting upset with me again today? There must be an emotion within me that I'm trying to stay away from that constantly gets triggered by my mum. Does that make sense? Let myself go there. Right? People are afraid to go there and that's why they don't progress very fast. You're afraid to go there emotionally. You need to have courage if you want to go onto the divine love path. Courage to feel everything. Everything that's within you. Even all the bad stuff.
Remember, fear is just false expectations appearing real. In other words, the child inside of you who gathered that emotion now as an adult still believes that if you cry, you're going to get punished. Does that make sense? And you would have to actually work your way through that before you'll be able to feel sad. You have to be willing to work your way through that fear of punishment. Does that make sense? So every time you, are, you notice something within your body or notice something within a feeling, every time you notice the feeling and you're not feeling it, look at why you're choosing to not feel it. What's going on within you that choosing you to stay away from this, that you make the choice to stay away? Does that make sense? Well, that then suggests that it is very, very helpful to link it to what was and I do agree with what you're saying about, you know, that you shouldn't feel the emotion in the end. But sometimes the link is almost necessary to understand what's causing it. Um, I actually disagree with that, sorry. But the reason why is this. I'm not looking at the issue of sadness here. I'm looking at the block. The block certainly always must be investigated. So what you're saying is very true about the block. So in this case, my block is on not feeling sad. Right. So I need to look at the block, and that is probably going to need to be an intellectual process, right? Right. In a way. But it may, initially it will be intellectual, but I'll probably have to feel that as well. So in other words, I, you, I you'll get to the stage where you'll feel your fear right. about being sad. Does that make sense? Yes. So, you may first identify it intellectually, but you'll still need to feel it. But even after you've done all that, there's still the feeling of sad to deal with. Right, I agree. Now, if you're sad and you're not crying, then there's a block. So deal with the block. If you're sad and you're crying and you don't know why the hell why, that's okay. And in fact, what will happen many times for you in this process is that you'll have an emotion that you don't understand. And you won't understand it until you finish having the emotion. The reason why this happens, and, and I, do any of you do therapy with abuse victims, uh, childhood abuse victims? No. What happens a lot there is that uh, the person doesn't have memories of their sexual abuse until they release the emotion of the abuse. Does that make sense? The reason why is that most of our memories are very tightly interwoven with the emotion and unless you let the emotion flow, the memory won't come either. So you will actually find in your progression, once you release a causal emotion, you may not actually know what the feeling is while you're experiencing it and in fact in the majority of times I've not known what my feelings have been, what causes of my feelings have been until I've released them. So, your disagreement with what I'm saying, because I'm thinking I'm really getting what you're saying now, yep. you're really saying that you do have to feel the emotion, but eventually what will end up happening is you will find the link. Yes, okay, and that will happen after you've okay. done the emotional work, right. most okay. of the time. Okay. And in fact, in some cases, there will not be any intellectual understanding at all. Uh, for example, all of the emotions that you felt during the womb inside of your mother, you will probably not have an intellectual awareness of. Right? Because at the time, your intellect was not developed enough to understand what was going on. 
So you'll have an emotional release, but no intellectual awareness of its cause sometimes. And interestingly enough, that's why a lot of people do past life regression and all of that, because they feel that whole, because they get a lot of those answers. And so as long as you're saying that sometimes feeling the emotion is great, crying for no reason and not understanding, that's all what it is. But when you can marry it up with the link, then it's like an aha, and you're like, oh, life is burning. Okay, a lot of times that, because that is because you, in your mind, need reasons right. to feel an emotion. And we've got to get away from this. You don't need a reason to feel. Just feel. You know, if you want to be in a state of bliss, you're going to not need reasons to feel. You'll just feel. Okay. Does that make sense? Right. As so soon as you need a reason to feel, that's a feel. And there's a fear that needs to be addressed. Does that make sense? Yeah. You can release emotional causes without knowing intellectually what they are. Often you will know what they are afterwards, but not during or before. Right? I've had that happen to me countless times. So, so can, I, can I ask you yeah. So have you reached that perfection? Of this? No. No. I'm close. I can feel I'm close now. Um, so, but, but I can still occasionally, like when I'm doing group situations like this, I can feel everyone's projection of emotions at me. And sometimes they resonate with me still. There are certain emotions that resonate with me. I'm going to say some things here today that you'll want to project some emotions at me. And, and I'll still resonate with those things. Uh, yes. How do you rid the, the, the mind of thoughts of, of, of some of the emotions. You know, because sometimes your, your mind will project, project something and then your body will feel it and throw you into that other state. So how do you rid yourself of that? Like when you go to bed and you're laying there and all of a sudden your mind is flooded with these thoughts that provoke you or excite you or whatever, whatever state. How do you rid that part to get to the, that neutral part? I don't rid myself of those. The way I view it is every emotion that's within me was within me and if I've had a thought, in the end that came from a soul desire to deal with that emotion. So I don't try to rid myself of any thoughts or emotions. And whatever comes, comes. And I allow myself to feel that and also allow myself to feel it to its completion. So let's say, you're, and this happens to a lot of men, uh, and I think you'll understand why when I say thought about it. A lot of men are walking along, you know, the street and they see a pretty girl and, you know, they look... <laughs> and why are they doing that? There's a projection of sexual emotion. Right? Why are they projecting that sexual emotion? Now, the first thing that a man might do who's religious may condemn himself, right? You say, oh, you know, boy, I did it again. Uh, I'm not bad, you know, they don't they go down that track. The truth is that Anytime I project a sexual emotion, there is some need happening within me and I need to find it. So firstly, I need to see it's not because that pretty girl had a lovely body that I just walked past, that I was looking at it. It had everything to do with some kind of need that was going on within me. Does that make sense? Don't condemn it. Don't judge the emotion. Don't judge the thought. As soon as you judge a thought or judge an emotion, you're not going to feel it, right? So don't judge the emotion, don't judge the thought, just let yourself notice it. You don't have to act on it. Right? So in other words, another time, you might be, might be going along and you're sitting here, and 
and this angry guy comes up to you and gets right in your face and starts hassling you. And if you're a man, you might be very tempted to get angry back and bop him in the nose, right? Now, don't act upon it. Notice the feeling. And then go away from the situation when you can. And let yourself feel how angry you would be. Let yourself go there. Right? And maybe Nate might point out some things that would happen to you with that. And with Nate, Nate was totally tuned out of all his emotions. Right? And then he spent three weeks, four hours a day, boxing and swearing and screaming and kicking and whatever else to connect, to allow himself to connect with his anger, which was suppressing everything else. Does that make sense? Now, when you, if you first met Nate, you would feel that he had no anger in him at all. He was, he was, what would you describe yourself as like? A robot. Yeah. His face was all, Nate, you've done a couple of degrees, haven't you? You've got a degree in philosophy, is it? Linguistic psychology. So he's done all the work intellectually, right? But, but when you first met him, his face was like blank almost, of emotion. And when he related to you, there was a blankness in the relationship. And it took Nate three weeks of punching four hours a day in a bag, with a bag before he connected with any sadness that was underlying the anger that he felt. Now, he didn't know what the emotions were that were suppressing him. He just wanted to connect with this rage that was within. And so he did. He allowed himself to do that. He didn't try to decide in advance what they were, what it was about. Does that make sense? He just went and did it. And you can just go and do it. So let's say you're laying down on your bed and you're having these thoughts at night. You mind saying what kind of thoughts? You say angry thoughts, any type of thoughts. Okay. But it's enough to keep you awake when you're, when you're watching the clock. It's two, three, four in the morning. And you know, you got to sit. How do you really, you know? Well, I say don't be tuned from them. If they're angry thought, focus on the anger. Focus on the feeling inside. Let yourself feel your anger. Get get up and punch a pillow and really start expressing your anger. Does that make sense? Feel the feeling completely. And what about a sexual thought? Same goes. Oh. <laughs> what kind of sexual thought? Whatever. Having three part, three girls in bed. <laughs> How would you deal with that? How would you deal with that? How would you deal with something that's I would allow not myself, real? real yeah. I would allow myself to think about yeah. having the three girls in bed with me. And I'll keep you up longer. Sorry. <laughs> that's alright. That's about how much you're Actually, there's a double meaning yeah. there, but I yes. <laughs> And uh, just let yourself feel that. But also ask yourself the question, what, what emotion is underneath this? Why do I feel like I need this? What's going on? What, What's the desire from? Right. So don't, don't condemn the desire or the, or the feeling. Allow yourself to go deeper and find what its underlying causes. Right. So let's say you're lying in bed with a partner and yet you're thinking about someone else. Again, don't, you know, don't deny it. Go into there and think, why am I, what's underneath? What's the emotion underneath it? What is it about that person that I'm not getting in this relationship or whatever? Allow yourself to do that, because if you don't do that, you're going to be in a relationship for the next 15 years, perhaps that you might not want, or that perhaps where you're not totally open to experiencing. Does that make sense? Allow yourself to go, don't judge any emotion that you have. 
as soon as you judge them, you are now condemning your emotion. And remember yesterday, uh, those who were here yesterday, I drew a, a diagram that was very simple like this. Here's you. You are, in fact, your soul. Remember what I said was in the soul? denying yourself. You are actually now not loving yourself. Does that make sense? You are now tuning out of yourself. Right? So don't tune out of yourself, tune into yourself. You don't need to act on having sex with three women, right? But you do need to feel why you want that. You don't need to act on going to the next door neighbour and kicking his dog and punching him in the nose, if that's how you feel. But you do need to feel that and work out why. Does that make sense? Let yourself go there. Let yourself go into these emotions that you're feeling. Because if you don't go into them, you'll never release them, and they will dog you for the rest of your life. Right? Every emotion you decide to not feel will stay with you until you feel it. And it can stay thousands of years with you, by the way. Right? There's been ones who have stayed tens of thousands of years with Receive 
receive divine love. And the way that happens is when you long to God for her love, a connection occurs between you and God. This connection is like a power cord. Right? And that connection is called the Holy Spirit. You've heard that term? Again, it's not, I'm not talking about these terms in, religious, in a religious connotation. It is a physical connection. It's actually a beam of light, actually, that connects between... It's a conduit for a beam of light or a beam of love that connects between your soul and God's. Right? What happens is once that conduit is established, the divine love flows through that connection into your soul. Now, as the divine love flows into your soul, it exposes the emotions and passions and desires and everything that are in disharmony with that love. In other words, there are two types of influences on the soul. There's an error influence on the soul. Now, historically, a lot of religions have called that sin. I call it disharmony with divine love. Does that make sense? So sin is just disharmony with divine love. Error is just disharmony with divine love. There is the other influence on the soul, and that is truth. I'm not talking about your truth. I'm talking about absolute truth. Does that make sense? Those two influences influence the soul, but they get into the soul emotionally. So truth gets into your soul as emotions, not as thoughts. And error gets into your soul as emotions, not as thoughts. Does that make sense? Now, let's say I believe, like let's say when I was very, very young, my mother treated me, I'll give you an example from my own life. My mother was 16 when she gave birth to me. She was also unmarried, and it was the 60s in Australia. So we're talking about like a fair bit of shame, right? Now, because she felt shame while she was pregnant with me, guess what one of my emotions I've had to deal with is? Shame. Does that make sense? I've felt shame too, as a result. Now, I actually believed, because of that shame, I actually believed inside of myself that I was unworthy to be conversed with. So whenever anybody wanted to talk to me, I'd run away from the conversation. Does that make sense? Because inside of myself, I felt like I was unworthy to be talked to. And that came from that shame. But I believed it to be true. With my whole heart, I believed I was unworthy. Does that make sense? Huh? Now, at some stage, I had to accept the truth. Also, that I was worthy. But how do you accept the truth when inside you the truth is that I'm unworthy? Well, the only thing I can do then is express my feelings of unworthiness. And what I do is I express my feelings of unworthiness towards God. Does that make sense? So I talk to God from my emotions about how unworthy I feel. As I do that, it exposes the truth of the unworthiness. It lets me actually connect fully with the feeling of unworthiness. And when I started doing that, I cried for three weeks about that issue. Does that make sense? So I cried and cried and cried. Every day I cried. I got up, I ate, cried, had fun, cried. 
uh, end of day crime, crime myself to sleep, did the same for three weeks. After the three week period, I no longer felt like crying about that issue anymore. So I allowed myself just to wallow in my self pity in that time as well, wallow in all my unworthiness, and I just allowed myself to do that. So I took time off work to do that, everything, just, just totally did tune. I was alone as well, so I, I went by myself in a, in a house by myself and did that. So that was my three week vacation. Uh, at the end, because I was directing all of those feelings towards God, it helps you open your soul up completely. Because the feeling you get from God's soul is that God's not going to judge you if you're alone. Does that make sense? And so if I started, if I went to somebody else and talked to them about my unworthiness, you know, if I talked to my mother about my unworthiness, she'd say, but that's not how I felt about you, you know, I feel that you're, you're a nice fella, you know. So that, so that wouldn't help. Let's say I go and talk to a friend about her. I say, oh, but you don't understand, you're a nice person, you know, I love hearing from you. That doesn't help you connect to it, does it? Right? But what happens is that when you talk to God about the issue, it's like you can feel from God's soul that there's a total openness to hearing everything from you. And when you direct everything there, what happens is there is a response because you are now living in harmony with absolute truth. One of the absolute truths is you must be in truth to connect with the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit, and to connect with it, you need to be in truth emotionally. You need to stay the truth of how you feel emotionally. So, if you're angry with God, then get angry with God. God already knows you're angry with Him. Right? So, act in truth. Direct all of that emotion to her and ask for help about dealing with it, connecting with why. And you'll find over the next few days, lots and lots and lots of situations will occur that trigger that anger with God and will help you through that emotion, will help you feel that emotion. But you'll need to be willing to experience these things within you completely. Does that make sense? Now, as you direct your intentions towards God to, for help, God also responds to your intentions. Most of the time, because we don't feel a connection with God when we begin, to us, God sort of is just this nebulous, far off, who knows, you know, like energy or whatever. <laughs> That's how we feel about God initially, right? We feel like God doesn't have a part play in my life and never has, and why would God want me and why do I want God? We go through all of those kind of things, right? But after a while, what happens as you start receiving divine love, your relationship with God becomes more and more personal. And you, because you're receiving that love, you feel it personally. You can actually feel the sensations of love flowing through you. And after a while, that becomes fairly constant. And then as the more emotional errors are released, it becomes constant. It becomes a constant flow of love. Yeah. So you no longer feel unworthy because you know God loves you. And even if nobody else loves you, you can feel that. And so you no longer feel unworthy. Does that make sense? Now, to do that, I had to release. I had to be, allow myself to experience my emotions of unworthiness. 
That is a condition of truth. One of the truths of God is that you must allow yourself to experience all of your emotions if you wish to experience God's emotions. Does that make sense? Like, you think about it. What's God wanting to give you? Her love. What's love? An emotion, isn't it? So if you don't want to feel your emotions, how are you going to feel God's emotions? Does that make sense? You know, as adults, we can deal with our emotions, but what if you have a sibling, 14, 15-year-old sibling, that you see on this anger, that you want to help them as a parent? It's their, it's their feeling, it's their anger, but as a parent, what would be the approach? First thing to recognize with children is that all of their emotions usually came from you. So if they have anger, it's usually a lot to do with you. There's something happening in you with you in the relationship. As you are to become totally open emotionally, their soul will respond to your emotional openness. So rather than trying to address their anger, try to look within yourself and look at all the things where you feel angry. Does that make sense? And try to look at all your sadness in other words, because it's your sadness that generates their anger. It's your projections of need onto the child that generates their anger. When you get two parents, so it's both parents have both both parents need that issue. Yeah, that's right. But what happens when, when, when uh, your child is, is verbally voicing that, that anger and you know, trying to create conflict? What does parents, what, what should they do? You can't just we, we, uh, withdraw and say, well, I've got to address my need. At that point, what do you do? I'll give you an example, and um, this is a bit younger example than a teenager, but uh, there's a lady in Australia who, um, who has two boys, one's four and one's six. Both the boys, when they became four years old, started getting really angry with their mother. So much so that she couldn't tell them what to do any time, and they'd just yell and scream at her, they'd swear at her, and all sorts of things. They were four and six years old. And we talked about what emotions were being triggered inside of her when her children were doing this. And she started working through a lot of the emotions. It was, they were both boy, she's had three boy children, and all of them have done this. Uh, as soon as they hit four, huge amounts of anger in the mum. And that anger continued. When she started working through the issue, she found that she actually had a lot of anger in return towards her boys. And she started seeing that her anger was about her general anger towards men. And what was happening was when they hit the age of four, happened to also be the age that she was abused by a man when she was four years of age. Right? So what happened every time one of her sons hit the age of four, she related to the age, related to the abuse of men that, that she'd received, and she started from the soul level, disliking the boy. Does that make sense? Because he's a man. Because he's a male. Now, I'll just explain the whole story. Because it, it, she, she then allowed herself to actually go into her abuse issues. Right? So she actually dove into the abuse issues. She cried for a few weeks about what happened with her abuse, uh, with, this, with this man who was an adult man. And she worked through all of those issues. When she came out of that, her two boys who, who had been yelling and screaming at her all the time didn't yell and scream at her anymore. 
that you store. That's, that's like part of the problem. The direct question was how do you deal with that person in your face at that time? You, you've got to create some sort of discipline and some sort of respect. You just can't walk away from that person who's berating you. What do you do at that point? I don't believe you need to create some kind of discipline or respect. All you need to do is feel your emotion. You need to go into your emotion because that's why you've attracted the event. So you remember, everything that's projected at you is in the end generally something you attract. Right, so first go there. Let yourself feel what you feel when your 15-year-old son berates you. What do you feel? All this anger arises. He doesn't respect me. Go into that because there's an issue there in your own childhood about not feeling like you were respected or loved. Does that make sense? Go into that feeling because that's what's being projected. So go into it. Let yourself go into it. Now when you do, what will happen is that you may connect with sadness rather than anger in return. See, what, what a lot of times we do is he gets angry, we get angry. <laughs> See what I mean? Do you think two people getting angry is going to... Uh, who's in love now? So, so they're getting angry, and this applies not to every single relationship in interaction in your life, not just to your children, but especially to your children because in the end we created their emotions. Right? Any interaction that we have with another person, if they get angry and my response is anger, it will always get worse. You can guarantee it, right? Because what's happening, remember I had projection drawn up there? Two people are now projecting emotions at each other. Whenever you project emotion at another person, you are disobeying a law of love. The law of love is look within to find what is the resonance. Don't project without. Don't project to somebody else. And that applies to even to your children. Does that make sense? So I know this is hard as a parent because sometimes our children are so angry and so disrespectful and we wonder what the hell we're going to do. The first thing is to not is to feel your own emotion and not project the same thing back. Because as soon as you enter into that transaction, you are making the matter worse for your own soul and their soul. The second thing is you don't have to put up with a continual flow of anger, but don't do it in a way that's angry. In other words, sit down the child at another time when they're not angry and say, you know how you project all this anger, I understand that I created lots of it. I understand there's lots of sadness in you, and I understand like, what some of it is. And to be honest, I would be saying to them, and I probably don't understand what it is. Because a lot of times the reason for their anger is that they feel we don't understand. Right? But I can't any longer continue to also have this constant flow of anger towards me as well. So what are we going to do, son? What are we going to do about this situation? Right? Now, I can make you a promise that I will deal with anything that you bring up with me emotionally and I won't project it onto you. And you can you be satisfied with that promise? And if he says, no, no, I don't believe you, Dad, you know, you've never done that before, so well, you know, we'll give it a go. See, if you can't give it a go, what can we do? Because we can't continually have this anger stuff, can't they? But let yourself feel. 
let yourself feel. Not, don't expect your child to feel. See, a lot of times what we do is we expect the child to sort their problems out when we haven't even sorted ours out, right? And that's, it's not really fair when you think about it, is it? Remember, we created, we are, parents are the largest creator of the soul, the child's emotion. For whatever reasons, we might not even understand, but we created them in the majority of cases, right? Parents are the largest creator of the soul's emotion. If that's the case, then any time I project a requirement onto my child to deal with their emotions, then I am basically saying they are to blame for their emotions. They are responsible, but it's hard for a 15-year-old to take responsibility for their own emotions, often. And so what they do is they project it back. Now, like I've got a 22-year-old son and a 20-year-old son, and, and I've gone through a lot of these emotions, right, of projections from, from my boys. And I can guarantee to you that if you focus on yourself the whole time, within a few months, all of a sudden you'll dissipate all of their anger. That's what I've found, is that if you focus on yourself, if you look at yourself only in the transaction, they see that as an example. They see that every time they talk to you, you look at yourself. But they also see that you don't put up with crap either. When I say put up with crap, you always sit them down and say, look, we can't do that either. You know, but everything is happening in a calm manner. No anger projections. And so they feel more and more and more understood. The more understood they feel, the less angry they ever feel. Does that make sense? So let yourself deal with it still. It's great. Children transactions are the best kind, right? The reason why is they are perfect reflections of what we created. And there's something within us or something within our partner that created this. Does that make sense? And if the two of you in particular, you and your partner who had this child, can both work through your stuff, it's a very powerful effect on the child. They will automatically work through and This is what I found with my boys, is that I, I've never had to tell them to work through their stuff. What's, ha what's happened is that they got to a stage where they saw me working through my stuff constantly. Whatever they projected, they saw me dealing with it. They got to a point where they firstly felt guilty about projecting anything anymore, and they started looking at themselves. Right? And my oldest one now is like a few people here have met my oldest son Tristan. He now looks totally at himself, doesn't look outside of himself with any issue. My youngest one still has the temptation to project, but every time he does, he feels bad about it inside of himself now. Right? And that's only happened because of that interaction. Does that sort of understand? Did I answer that question? Yeah. So remember, every transaction is a transaction in the end of love. Right. In the end, we need to learn how to love. And I'd like to, uh, how, how's our time look? We've got, um, we've been going for an hour and 26 minutes, so probably a good time to break. Good time to break? Yeah. yeah. And then we'll, I'll talk about four aspects of love, right, in terms of emotions.